Duckbeatv.com slash Duckbeatv. Out! For those fireballs, Heartbeat City is taking your call, suffering. Duckbeatv. Somebody out there feels lonely, and we're here to help. This is Cozy Snugglefield with you again for another episode of Heartbeat City. We're taking your calls, we're healing your hearts, and this week I am joined by my co-host, Cole Ross. Cole, how are you doing? I'm doing just fine. It's a nice, bright, sunny summer day, uh, and just kind of trying to enjoy the warm weather as a not warm weather person. Yeah, that can be uh, that can be tricky. Yeah, keeping keeping it uh, keeping it indoors. Yeah. Trying to trying to recapture some of that, uh, what would have felt like to, uh, you know, go through summer as a kid. That's a real, real special time of year, but only in memory. Yes. Uh, Luckily, it is nice and uh, AC here in the studio. Of course. Yes. So we uh, we have your calls. Uh, People are uh, calling in with their heartbreak and uh, and their troubles, and we're here to help. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and put that on now. Hello there, Heartbeat City. This is Lion Yeti. I have a relationship with a girl who's amazing. Like. Smart, funny, beautiful. Into most of the same stuff I am. Only problem is she lives about 90 minutes away. How can I keep that flame gone when we can see each other maybe once a weekend? Thanks, guys. Bye. So, yeah, so long-distance uh, relationship question here from, I believe, uh, Lanye. The connection's not great. Right. But uh, I apologize if we get you have your name uh, incorrect. Yeah. Um. There, yeah, long distance. There, there might be some consolation, and I don't know if this is insensitive to say uh, that ninety minutes isn't the longest possible relation <laughs> distance for a relationship. You know, that was the the first thing I thought of as well. Um, it makes me wonder uh, where where Lanya lives, mm-hmm. um, because there's there's a strange thing that can kind of happen um, when you. I feel like when you live in a rural area, uh, something like ninety distant ninety minutes of travel time seems like the end of the world. Mm-hmm. And then uh, in a more urban area where you, um, you know, it could be 45 minutes to get to, uh, you know, this store or a concert or what have you. Yeah. 90 minutes kind of seems a little bit less, uh, yeah. less insurmountable. But yeah, I mean, like, regardless, you know, like 90 minutes is a long time to fit into like a particular day, you know, yes. like there is a convenience of like, oh, you know, I just have to drive like maybe 30 minutes across town um, to see that, like. <laughs> the geometry of like fitting this in like a Tetris block into a week can be um, tough and it can introduce like friction. Right. Right. Well, and there's also other um, undoubtedly other factors here. So it's, it, you know, I presumably uh, there are work days 
yeah. and kind of nine to five workdays that that's, this impacts because that's not the kind of thing you want to do at the end of a, a workday. Right. Um, you know, so it, it, I mean, it sounds like it is a uh, it's worth holding on to to me. Um, this is not I would not say this is a deal breaker. No, um, I think that that can you know, it can be if it is a long enough um, relationship. One of my favorite expressions of this and it's a, a pop culture thing, but I love the um, the episode of The Office. Oh, where gosh. Michael drives Holly. Yeah. Uh, to, you know, to Nashua. Oh, that's so hurt. Like just gutting just when she yeah. starts crying as she yeah. realizes like even how far the halfway point is. Yeah. The, as, as life as a highway comes on, you know, the, for the third time on the radio. Right. During the, this drive, you know, um, it could, it could be like that. So I'm not trying to say, you know, uh, you know, could be worse, which is yeah. not good advice. Right. right. It's, um, it's, it's, it's very bad advice. And like there, uh, another thing that might be interesting to know is like, is this how the relationship started? Because like, yes. I have been in relationships where the move was, you know, not dissimilar to this, but because we were so accustomed to the, um, because we were so accustomed to the, uh, proximity, right. And the convenience that, mm-hmm. that that has, like that can be a test. That can be a test for a relationship that came up under easier circumstances. Yeah. Can you um can you speak to it a little bit? Have you had experience with this uh, this kind of long distance uh, thing? Can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah, this happened here recently. Um, and by recently, I'm in like three years. Uh, I'm kind of a non-combatant when it comes to relations and stuff. <laughs> so I'm a uh, uh, great great guest to have on for this. No, but like here recently, you know, dated and saw uh, a, a girl who um, you know, ended up having to move move away. Uh, I live I live in in Ohio. Ended up moving to uh, to Michigan. Um, and you know, that's probably like a four or five hour drive and it'd be a very similar circumstance to this. And I don't, you know, because of the way I work, I don't really have weekends where this can happen or where we could fall into a rhythm. And it was like, we just kind of made a decision looking at it, um, that like, no, this, it's not, you know, it'd be better to cut this off as opposed to, you know, let it die as, you know, die slow later on, get it, get invested and then have it. Yeah, kind of a misery grenade you're throwing into the future. Right, right. You I know? just, you know, I even even in the past, like you know, understanding like what it was like to try and carry a high school relationship into into college days and things like that. Like you know, just this is a lesson that you that you learn, you know, pr- pretty early on. Um, but still, you know, it happens, especially you know, with how easy it is to be like time shifted and geography shifted. You can feel like you are in this intimate uh, kind of, you know, connection, you know, conversation when in reality, like physical distance does, you know, does factor in. I realize I'm sounding very grim about the possibility of this. All of that is to say that, like, if this is how the relationship popped up, you know, you're training in double gravity here. (laughs) Yeah. Eventually, if you do live together circumstantially, that will be be much better. It's also something... um, you know, it can be grim, but it also depends on your individual needs uh, for for that, for for contact. Mm-hmm. Um, some people. So when I am in a relationship like I want to hang out about twice a week, mm-hmm. you know, that's what I have time uh, for between the rest of my life and work. And that's that is a, a fulfilling and solid amount of romantic contact uh, that can vary, though. Mm-hmm. So uh, to you uh, or to, to your lady, um, you might need more frequent contact. Um, and it's up to you to see if you can find kind of a simulacrum of that. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, you, you ask, uh, you know, how do you keep the kind of the flames on? Um, you know, it, do you communicate well over the phone yeah. um, or over text? Do you, do you appreciate that? Does that feel like a meaningful substitute to you? Yeah. If the phone doesn't, what about FaceTime? What about something with like that video component? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, find some time to Skype. It's going to be work. Yeah. Um, you know, you're going to have to, uh, it's going to be a little extra effort and it's not, those times during the week can, depending on 
depending on, on yourself, could end up feeling like consolation prizes. Yes. You know, like kind of methadone to get you to the weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and if that's the case, you just kind of have to examine how you're feeling after doing everything you can do. Yeah. You know, so not to just totally throw this back in your court, but like you have to see how much the flames are dying with the amount that you can kind of stoke them from a distance. Right. Um, and here, here's something to try, you know, I, I'm, I'm making a lot of assumptions. I'm assuming that you're similar, similar to me, but like a, a huge part of keeping this up when I've, when I've tried it in the past was to, you know, set up, uh, like a regular kind of thing. You know, it sounds like you are earmarking weekends and, you know, trying to figure out how to, uh, how to split time, you know, in, in, in that way. Um, that routine I think is going to be super important, but equally important would probably be surprise visit, you know, like, Oh yeah. You talk with her, you know, like you have the routine and that is there as kind of the structure, um, that can easily wither as it goes. Like, you know, don't just like show up when she's, you know, like, Oh, I'm making dinner for my boss. It's like a sitcom kind of thing where you're imposing, but just like, you know, unannounced, you know, go and go, you know, go, go and show up, you know, like introduce some spontaneity to that. Or even, even if not uh, unannounced, just like, Hey, what are you doing tonight? And it not being an, you know, an ordinary night, depending on where you're on your life, uh, like a literal unannounced visit can be, yeah, uh, can be more of a burden, but just kind of on a non-regular night. Mm-hmm. And that regularity, um, is really important. I think that's going to, you know, that's always been a theme of the show and we, we've brought it up a bunch is the idea that, uh, you know, it is work mm-hmm. and you have to, uh, you know, finding a time kind of sitting aside a time doesn't mean that you're failing. Mm-hmm at a, a relationship, like being intentional about it and putting in the work is not a failure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it is only an effortless, you know, swish on TV, right, you know, right. or it's incredibly rarely, <laughs> but most relationships, uh, every relationship I've been in, yeah. um, has been, you know, and, and as somebody who's been divorced, like, you know, who knows, this is all just advice, you <laughs> right. know, from my perspective, but it's done a lot of dating and been a lot of relationships. Yeah. They've all been work of various kinds. And this is kind of your work yeah. that you have to do is uh, maintain that contact. Yeah. It's never, you know, th- things are only easy when you're young, you know, like yeah. when you, know, you have this enforced proximity because your world is very small. Every other aspect of being a mature adult involves a lot more work, a lot more logistics, a lot more planning. You know, there are people who live these charmed existences where that can fall in, but like, you know, I hate the term, but adulting, <laughs> you mm. know, a huge part of that is, you know, working to, you know, make things happen that used to be easy, but aren't now. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and, you know, another, another piece of this is, uh, again, just looking at how permanent it is, mm-hmm. you know, if this, this person is, is smart and funny and beautiful and amazing, uh, you know, is this something where down the road that distance will be, will be shortened? You mm-hmm. know, maybe at some point you would want to live in the same town, you know, or, or kind of put this to a test. And if that's something that's, that's possible in the future, mm-hmm. probably not worth throwing away over 90 minutes. Right. I know that wasn't your question, but just something to keep in mind, like it will get hard yeah. from time to time. And it's probably in my opinion, worth pushing through. Yeah. Let's take the uh, the next call. 
Hey there, uh, my name is Flesher, and I have a problem in that the past six or seven people I have dated, had a fling with, courted, etc., have all within about somewhere between two months to a year of meeting me come out as furries. Everyone. And I'm I'm not a furry, so it's not like oh, my partner's into this, is is there something about me I should know, or do I need to just, like, accept the universe telling me this? What do I do with this knowledge and this strange foreign curse? Thank you, and uh, keep up the okay. work. Yeah, so this is, uh, Fletcher's having an issue that uh, I don't think either of us have had specific experience with. No, no, um, and I've, if I've been in this scenario, um, it's never it's never come to light. Mm. Yeah. Um, I've, I've never, uh, dated someone who I felt like, or who I, who turned out to be a furry. I have had, uh, people turn out to be kind of, uh, surprise poly, mm. um, which is not the exact same access, but, um, down to the principle though. Um, the reason why, you know, I think this question is worth answering is because, um, it also comes down to that it being, you know, it's not about one kind of proclivity being better than the other. It's about, uh, how much you match up and how much you're on the same page. Yeah. You know, so it, it is not a uh, it is a, is not a bad thing to be a furry. Um, it is not a bad thing to be poly. It can be difficult if one part, you know, one partner is and the other one isn't. Yeah, it, uh, it, it sounds it, like this has not worked out. You know, that's that's been a deal breaker for Fletcher. Right. Otherwise, it probably okay. wouldn't wouldn't come up. It would just be something that's like, oh, yes. well, that's that, that's just a fact of a fact of this relationship that it's that it's being framed as like, oh, this this keeps happening. Like, oh, why do I keep stubbing my toe? Well, maybe yeah. move that end table, you know, you, with, and it's not something that, um, you know, you can you can do things about. I imagine that with, uh, and this is a generality, uh, so I'm not saying this in every case, but I imagine with um, a certain kind of like kind of alternative person, you know, somebody who is, uh, you know, like, you know, uh, a little bit more alternative in lots of other ways, that kind mm-hmm. of extends to being open about uh, things in sex and relationships as well. Right. Like so there's probably, like- there's, probably is a comorbidity with like your interest and, and kind of your persona with this. Yeah. Um, comorbidity was actually going to be the, the word I used for that because, yeah. you know, this, this might be just more likely to come along with other, you know, kind of more adventurous, you know, fetishistic kind of things, you know, if, if that is an arena that you're playing in, you know? Yes. Um, and when I say morbidity, that's kind of a loaded word. I don't mean like literally. No, you're using you know, it like, strict- strictly in like the medical or psychological sense, which yes. we're not qualified to say. But like, it's that same idea that like, oh, if, you know, if 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 one thing is true, the other thing is more likely to be true. Yes. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah, so I don't think there's anything to do about it. Uh, I, I think that this is OK. I think this is the same thing that if you found any other kind of if you consider this to be a, a fundamental incompatibility. Um, you know, I don't think unless you are doing some kind of dog whistle, right, uh, right. in your kind of profiling or, you know, I don't know how you date. I don't know if it is in person or if you're using the internet, using the internet, it's possible that there is a dog whistle yeah. uh, that you have. I've had an experience with not so much a dog whistle, but I left the, um, on a dating profile, left the, the single, uh, you know, looking for single people or monogamous people blank. Um, mm. so we ended up having a period where, a lot of people contacted me. We would uh, talk and sometimes go on a date. And then I would find out that they were part of a like polyamorous triad, mm-hmm. which is not something I'm particularly interested in. Right. You know, no judgment on that, but it's not something that works for me. I found. And uh, I realized that I, even though I wasn't dog whistling, that I was kind of uh, leaving it open by omission. 
um, yeah. and had to kind of shore that up. So I would take a look if you are doing this through a text-based thing, you're doing it through a, uh, a dating service, uh, what have you, um, take a look and make sure you're not, you know, doing any kind of signaling. Yeah. Um, if you're not doing any signaling, I would consider it a, uh, a coincidence and something that kind of comes with trucking in, uh, in an alternative kind of culture and then just keep, keep trying. Yeah. I feel, I feel singularly unqualified to answer this question, actually. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a tricky question. I don't have any, any experiences, uh, with, with furries, but, and it also tends out to be, um, as, as far as I know, right? Like it's possible I haven't gotten far enough in a relationship where yeah. that has come out. Yeah. There, there, uh, there have been other factors that have gotten in the way. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, um, and I, I also don't know how to, how, you know, like my version of this is like, oh, I, I, but by selecting for a certain kind of person, when I'm looking for a romantic partner, I am also getting things that are not, you know, like, Hey, they happen to be, they happen to be f- f- furry, but there are difficulties that come along with just kind of the personality type that I tend to, that I tend to seek out, you know, and that I, that, that yes. I've been with in the past, like this is a different flavor, you know, probably, uh, you know, a, a more pronounced flavor of something that I think is a very common problem, um, which is wherever you go, there you are. Yeah. And then, you, and you are going sense. to attract like a, yeah, a similar kind of body. Right. Um, it's, it's the kind of thing that happens whenever I'm surprised, uh, I'm in the same town and I find out that, uh, friends of mine have gone on dates with people I've gone on dates with. Right. And it's like, well, that's, uh, you know, algorithmic dating when you're using <laughs> the internet. Right. Um, you know, if you break anyone down to a collection of likes and dislikes, uh, and values, like a lot of times people who are friends will kind of present the same, mm-hmm. uh, in that context. Um, so there's something probably that the way you're presenting that presents the same as, as people who are into that, but mm-hmm. it's not a problem. It's not, you're never hurt by meeting somebody and, and finding out that they're not into the same thing that you're into, mm-hmm. you know? Um, you I, know, I, 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 I have no idea what, at what phase that, that particular truth comes out. Yes. Um, even, even, so if you imagine the, the most, and when I say worst case scenario, I just mean most awkward case scenario. Yeah. yeah. Like it comes out literally pulling a costume out. Uh, you know, in the bedroom, I'm not saying this for laughs, but just like theoretically, like that's as late as it could come out, mm-hmm. you know, um, in the thing that's still something that, uh, is, doesn't speak ill of either of you. And you have to treat with kind of a light touch, yeah. you know, because it, it comes down to, again, something that comes out in the show a lot is it's just like, it is more about incompatibility than it is a value on either person. Right. Um, it is just something that, uh, you know, you've decided is, is something that you can't talk with. Right. Uh, and that's also, you know, the other side of the coin is it's fine. You don't have to feel bad. You know, when you say, um, is this the universe telling me something? Is there, you're not uh, square or bad if you don't want to mess around with that. Mm-hmm. Like what turns you on, turns you on. Right. Um, that's, that's just the, the, the case. And you, uh, you don't have to, with a couple of exceptions, you know, with obvious like pederasty and the like, um, you don't have to feel bad about being into a kink or not, and also not being into a kink. Yeah, yeah. Like if you were just like, Hey, I'm going to get together with somebody and I want to have some vanilla sex. Like that is uh that is fine. There is nothing wrong with that. Let's take our uh, our final call for the episode. Hi, Gary. This is Yost and Elizabeth. So, Gary, uh, Elizabeth and I have been together for about seven and a half years, uh, uh, which has been uh, great uh, for much of it. Uh, but we're both uh, under a lot of stress because of uh, because of work. Uh, do you have any thoughts about uh, 
how to deal with uh, heavy work stress in a relationship, keep things fun, and uh, and, and somehow somehow deal with that. All right, uh, Yost, uh, talking about somebody who a uh, very long term relationship, and how do you keep that? Uh, how do you keep that fresh? Yes, especially when you're trying to deal with work stress, which affects not just you know relationships, but every single aspect of your life. Absolutely, yeah. You you yeah. are uh, you know one of the things that is true in a relationship is that. I think that you need to be able to bring your complete self yeah. to it. Uh, and that includes kind of the the less idealized uh, version of you that we are made by by work. Yeah. You know, by by doing something that is stressful, you know, even if it's something you like doing, if it is stressful, if it takes up a lot of your time, if it is uh, tiring, um, it does turn, you know, it doesn't leave you as your best self. Right. And uh, part of being in a like, long-term relationship is understanding that and being okay with it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Especially if you're cohabitating. I mean, this sounds like a long-term relationship. Uh, they are living together, and you know, this has probably been, if not an issue in, in you know in the past, it's been something they've had to adjust to. Yes. Yeah. Um, so there's kind of two two parts of that. Is one, um, I think, you know, I want to talk a little bit about uh, accepting that or allowing for it. Yeah. Um, allowing space for it, and then also talk to kind of specific things you can do to kind of uh, keep, you know, relationships kind of fresh. Yeah. Um. So the first one, um, have you have you been in in a relationship where this has kind of come through? Have you cohabitated? Uh, no, no, I've never okay. cohabitated. Uh, I'm I'm way too, way too much of a of, of a loner uh, for it that. It is too. incredibly hard. Oh my gosh! Yeah, um, I, it, it, I I don't know that I'm ready for that. <laughs> it's uh, it adds another qualifier to this person that um, you know, you're in a relationship with, where they not only have to mark anything, you know, you have to have that kind of chemistry and that kind of ineffable love, but you also have to uh, be a good roommate. Right. So, you know, are, are we good roommates? Mm-hmm. Um, that ends up becoming a question that yeah. doesn't sound romantic, but ends up actually being incredibly important. Oh, and they're, they're separate questions entirely. Yes. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, there, there have been times where I, you know, like spent a weekend with somebody and realized like, Oh, this is, this is dire. This is bad. Like even yeah. just the way that we temporarily share this bathroom. You know, yeah, I, traveling I, like, together, and that's that. That's like everybody loves Raymond sitcom style stuff, uh, but it's very true. It's still, yeah. you know, is a is is you know is a big deal. I'm going to assume that if they're long term, they've they they've dealt with that. But like, it, yes. it, I, I I I never I've never done this, so it's hard for me to hard for me to offer anything meaningful in that regard. You you have more experience with this. Yeah, I've I've done I've done my share of 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 cohabitation, and uh, the the thing that I find. Um, that's true. You know, I talk about kind of allowing for that like lesser self, mm-hmm. um, that you get out there is just to, uh, be on top of it and be honest about it. Yeah. You know, um, cr- strive to craft a relationship where you can say something like, Hey, I had a really terrible day at work and I, uh, need to l- just go for a walk. This has nothing to do with you. This is not a reflection on us. Like I need to go spend some time alone. Yeah. Or I need, you know, be upfront and open about what you need. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, that's not that's not like a card you play all the time. No, you no. Know, where you constantly like because then it then it becomes indicative of a large issue. Then it becomes like, can we, you know, do we go want the same yeah. thing as far as cohabitation? But um, just being able to say, you know, from time to time, hey, I got to call a mulligan. Mm-hmm. Um, real life has caught up with me and I'm not uh, going to be a good partner right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, that doesn't mean, you know, tossing vases across the room. It means I'm going to go read a book, uh, in a cafe and, and, you know, take an hour and be single yeah. more or less, you know, <laughs> we are not going to be a dyad for a minute while I, 
recharge myself. Yeah. And being very clear about the difference between a problem that the other person can help with and a problem that you, you need space to, to, you know, to deal with yourself, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Because Because ideally, (laughs) yeah. Or ideally the person would help you, you know, if if it is something you need, like come home and be like, Hey, I had a really rough day. Can I talk to you about it? Mm -hmm. That's one thing. Yeah. You know, but not every problem is like that. And that miscommunication, assuming every problem is like that, uh, has come up for me a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is a real common, uh, I think relationship problem. It's, it's a little bit of one of those like men are from Mars, women are from Venus type things that yeah. is, uh, mostly bullshit, but holds at least a little bit of truth. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's rooted in communication, you know, at the, at the, at the very least, like there is, there is a truth to that. It, it yes. is. How do we, how do we actually express and fulfill our needs? You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry. I don't, uh, I don't know. See, the, 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 there's something, and I think that this is part of the alchemy of whatever whatever makes this long-term cohabitation work, which is it's very easy for this kind of arrangement where like, oh, I'm not going to be great right now can mm-hmm. set up and like, okay, like we, we just both have to kind of accept that we're going to do this, um, you know, to each other. Like we're going to have tolerance uh, for each other on this and, you know, and, and extend that amount of grace. It's difficult and it has been in the you know difficult in the past for me for that not to turn into scorekeeping. Yes. Right. Like, oh, you came home and were a pile in front of the in, in front of Netflix two days out of like you know out of more than last week. We've canceled this number of plans. Like, there, you know, if you're not mindful about that, that can actually like set up into set up into scorekeeping and set up into you know fighting for territory almost. Yeah. Yeah. And in, in general, I think. Um, you know, when you catch yourself counting, you know, in a relationship like that, that means there's something that needs to be addressed. Yeah. You know, if you know the number of times your partner has done something that bothers you, mm-hmm. um, that speaks to it passing a certain threshold, Yeah. you know, where it becomes kind of ammo. And at that point it can become, you know, just because you have to have the ability to, to come home and be a pile in front of Netflix from time to time doesn't mean you don't also have a responsibility. Mm-hmm. You know, it is something to be, it is a card to be kind of cashed in from time to time. Um, you know, what from time to time means is going to vary Yeah, from kind of couple to couple and couples needs. And there are probably people from, for whom none of that is okay. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and if that's the, if that's the case, that's, you know, I, I say sincerely, like, wish you luck, mm-hmm. you know, like finding somebody for whom they, they don't need that kind of complete personhood. Right. Uh, or, or are able to, uh, subsume that healthily. Um, I think that's more difficult. Um, second part of the question uh, you know, how to uh, kind of keep things fun when you have that dynamic. Um, something that I want to uh, share, and it was a tactic I learned from, you know, an ex. So this relationship ultimately didn't work out, but it was one of her all-time greatest ideas. Something that I've referred to before is a surprise date, which is, uh, you know, taking a, we used to, once a month, we would take turns and one person would take the other person to go do something and they didn't know what it was. Yeah. So, uh, and these were, you know, these tended to be like kind of cheesy activities. That's what worked for me. Um, you know, going and like glass blowing and making terrariums and the like, but whatever works for you, maybe going to a new bar or new restaurant is exciting, something like that, but keep that element of kind of early date. Like, you know, she's picking me up and I don't know where we're going. Mm -hmm. Um, that can be really fun and kind of exciting. And, uh, a very, very thoughtful event like that. Um, can be really enriching and make things feel very fresh because you can say, you know what? That was like very, very fun and very thoughtful. Like I am actively, I am actively loving. I am actively grateful yeah. uh, that this person had the the presence of mind to do that and think of me for it. Yes. 
That's a that, that that is a really really great idea because what that does, you know, it it does something that I've I've really enjoyed doing in the past, like even just in general as a person, which is being a tourist in your own town a little mm-hmm. bit. Like, you know, that, that that's an expression of that, but like you hit on something very important there, which is early date kind of stuff. You know, yes. like, you know, if you want things to not get like run down into this into this wagon rut, you know, where we are just, you know, butting up against the world, you know, and being trampled down by work, you know, go through and actually force yourself to recapture stuff. There's an element of that that can feel like fake it till you make it almost. Mm-hmm. I would urge you to not think of it that way. Because the only way to do is to do. And the only way to not become, you know, younger versions, you know, younger facsimiles of, you know, the bitter old couple that doesn't share a life, they just share a space, is to continue treating, you know, finding these windows of, you know, like, just youthful, youthful collaboration, you know, and, you know, uh, exchanging kind gestures and things like that. Things that can go away as you settle into the routine. Yeah. Like the the phrase, um, I have the same kind of authenticity bias that makes me uh, squirm at the phrase "fake it till you make it." But what that really means is uh, do something that is not effortless. Right. Like do the work. You know, when someone says "fake it till you make it" and they're talking about uh, being a writer, mm-hmm. um, they, that means write. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it doesn't. It doesn't. Mean, it means you are a writer. Like it means you're going to go actually engage in the thing mm-hmm. that you want to be. You know, that you want to do. Yeah. You know, it's just maybe not doing it at the same effect yeah. uh, that you prefer. And that's fine. You know, th- and this I think that extends to, you know, not just those kind of like recreating those early date things that can be physical as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it is kind of a stock standard cosmopolitan advice thing. But something that like when I was married and, you know, the longest relationship I've been in was when I was married um, and I was with my ex-wife for seven years and sex things got, you know, kind of boring and finding setting aside time for it, not expecting it just to be a spontaneous feeling that happened to sweep over both of us at the same time. Yeah. Uh, was actually awesome. Yeah. Like being like, Hey, you know what? Friday, like we're setting aside time for this and it's going to be awesome. Right. Uh, you know, so you can kind of take those, those things that you felt early on in the relationship that were very, very fresh and fun and make time for them. Mm-hmm. Do that. You know, treat them as uh, put them on the calendar. You know, uh, that is not a betrayal of the spontaneity of love or affection. Um, that is maintenance yeah. for that spontaneity yeah. and the, uh, not the, to be frowned upon. <laughs> the, the, the entire thing is an artificial at that point. All you are doing is making it as easy as possible to have the kind of relationship and the kind of shared life that you want, you know, mm-hmm. by actually doing it, by actually committing to it, you know, and, 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 and setting, setting that aside, you know, yeah. and I think that there's, there, there, there's also an element of this, you know, if you're afraid of putting work into this, I think a lot of people, and this is true not just of romantic relationships, but also I think uh, it comes down to like professional considerations. Anytime you're looking looking to other people and seeing that it's easy, uh, there, there's a common trap that people fall into, which is confusing somebody else's front stage for their backstage. Yes. You know, and if you're thinking, why is this not easy? Why am I not getting the end result? It seems easy for everybody else, be that, you know. Uh, the, the the boogeyman of social media or just your other friends and things like that. You never see the work that somebody puts into it. And, right. you know, if you are putting this in without being conscious of that and being aware of it, because you can you be conscious that you, you know that this is work, this is hard. Um, but, you know, if you start resenting the fact that you, have to, that you have to put into it, there is a disconnect there where, you know, there is a fundamental kind of element of confusion that is present. Yes. 
Um, something something we say on the show all the time is uh, nobody from outside a, a dyad can can see the inside of it. Right. You know, every relationship between two people is a secret mm-hmm. thing, uh, and it is folly to pretend that it's not. Yeah. You know, um, and there there are things uh, you know that can also be that doesn't just have to be framed in terms of comparing yourself to others. Like that is a strength too. Yeah. You know, like like take take some heart in the fact that you have this. Even when you are working at it, you have a unique thing that nobody else has. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it, it is all unique. Thank you very much. Uh, that is all the time we have for tonight on Heartbeat City. If you have a question for Cozy Snugglefield and his guest, hit us up at 502-69-HBEAT. That is 502-69-HBEAT. Leave a message and we will do everything we can. Cole Ross, thank you very much for joining me. Thank you for having me. Where can people find you on social media? Uh, You can find me on Twitter at Cole Ross. That is K-O-L-E-R-O-S-S. Absolutely. A recommended follow. You can find me, Cozy Snugglefield, at Gary Buh, G-A-R-Y-B-U-H, as always. And uh, until next time, keep on feeling. Heartbeat City is brought to you by patreon.com slash duckfeedtv and produced by Boxer Kwan and Bryce Salad. You can find more episodes at duckfeed.tv.